Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, kicks off now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot of hard work ahead of us and we're going to ever restore the republic. Wow. Some say it's not even possible. We'll dig into that as the broadcast unfolds. A quick recap of yesterday's show, then we'll dive right into the news the networks refuse to use with my two-hour co-host today. Uh, We had our co-host or guest, if you will. I call them guests because then I can highlight their work uh, every day. But, you know, most of them are with us, uh, frequent guests, really more like co-hosts, if you will. But Chris Carlson was with me, a discussion of all things liberty. We talked about, can these two founders help a divided America heal? Yeah, it was a dream that healed bitterness between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Chuck Norris writes an article in WND.com where he highlights a possible path to reunite the United States of America. He says, I've never seen America more divided. The outcome, these bitter enemies, prodded by a friend Benjamin Rush's dream, were brought back together for the last several years of their lives. Believe it or not, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams both died on the very same day, about three hours apart. July 4th, 1826, virtually the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Interesting story to tell, to say the least. Uh, And before I even continue with the recap of yesterday's broadcast, I want to dig in and have our guest chime in on this. She's an expert historian and more on the Founding Fathers. Uh, So Chuck Norris wrote that article about John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Are you familiar with the bitter brawl between the two? And they started out as friends and built a nation together along with others. But then they had a falling out, had an incredible battle, uh, a presidential election in the um, 1800 kind of era. And then uh, they eventually um, heard about Benjamin Rush's dream. He had a dream and wrote them a letter, told them all about it, and et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting arch rivalry, but yet unification to some degree. Are you familiar with that, Becky? Oh, I sure am. Um, And I've always thought what an incredible sense of humor the Lord has that he took both of them within a couple of hours of each other on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration. I mean, that's just just astounding to me. I never get over marveling at it. Well, the Lord certainly has uh, his focus and his agenda that will not be derailed no matter what man tries to do, number one. Number two, though, Chuck Norris writing an article bringing this point up, saying, hey, you know what? Can the nation follow kind of a similar idea and possibly heal? Or are the divides in the country just way too great? Your thoughts? It's it's a lovely sentiment, but it seems to me he doesn't quite understand Marxism because that's what we're dealing with here. Um, It goes by a number of names, whether progressive, whether socialist, democratic socialist, um, but Marxists never, ever 
give up power voluntarily. It's not happened in world history, okay? You have to fight your way. You know, there's a popular Internet theme that you can vote your way into socialism, socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. And that is very much what happens. Um, if you, if anyone out there thinks that the dishonesty that we saw in the last election, that, um, you know, half the country is willing to uh, give a pass to the Democratic Party, the actually it's a Marxist party, we shouldn't uh, be um, misled by their name or the fact that they've been around for a while. This party is now totally Marxist, and it tries to implement a Marxist agenda. It now stole an election, which is typical of Marxists. This is how they take over a country. Uh, they frequently brag about their long march through our institutions. They have uh, perverted the American church. They have perverted the American public educational system, not that it was ever a great thing, and government never should be involved in education. We ought to all be up in arms about that. But still, the Marxists went in, and they've completely perverted education. And now we're watching as people who are finally catching on, parents are standing up against this nonsense. Um, these Marxists have lusted after power in America for 100 years, 120 years, it, now that they finally have it, they are not going to voluntarily relinquish it. We will have to go to war with them before we will pry them out of the seats in Congress that they have subsumed and before we get them out of the presidency. They stole that election. Usually thieves are not anxious to give up what they have gone to the trouble of stealing. Um, thieves will defend themselves from anyone trying to recover their own property with deadly force. Marxists, likewise, will defend their sudden grab for power, their successful grab for power, with force. They're not interested in reconciliation. Um, if you know anything about the 1960s and the the Cold War with Russia, that was frequently stated that these people are not interested in reconciliation or peace, that when communists talk about peace, what they mean is you give in to them. And that is what American communists as well will expect. They will expect us to give in to them. That is their idea on reconciliation. So if we mean to live free, if we mean to be more than serfs in a feudalistic Marxist utopia we're gonna have to fight it's a sad tale to tell and i wish i could say you were wrong because i want peace i follow the prince of peace jesus christ i don't want war i don't want turmoil i don't want force i don't want anger i don't want hatred i don't want division it's not what i believe in however i do understand that we have a responsibility given to us by god almighty himself to protect our wives, our children, our sacred honor, to put on the altar our lives, our fortune, uh, our reputations, everything for the cause uh, of liberty. For without life, liberty, and property, um, we end up slaves on the very continent that our founders fought for. And so the legacy must go forward. Uh, I want to lead with a humble view, but at the same time, there are lines that we cannot cross if we're honorable men and women. And so this is a, 
you know, they're putting us in an impossible spot, Becky. Oh, absolutely. But um, we should look on this as self-defense. That's all it is. There's no question. Pardon me? I said there's no question about that. Yeah. We're defending ourselves and our property. Uh, Because make no mistake, the Marxists are after your property. And if you think, well, I don't have enough to interest them, you are dead wrong. Um, This is why even poor people lock their homes, because thieves want to get in and take whatever you have, even if it's a very little bit. Marxists are thieves. We all need to understand this. They are thieves. They are murderers. They are liars. They have absolutely no morals. And Sololinsky, one of the famous communists here in America, is, is known for having said that the ends justify the means. That was his whole philosophy. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you win in the end. This is the Marxist idea. So we need to understand who these people are, what they espouse, and what their goals are. And once you understand all that, you're going to have a hard time not going to war with them. I don't even know how to respond to this except to say that um, we need to advocate for healing. We need to advocate for hope. We need to advocate for peace as long as we possibly can. And then if forced, we must take our defense individually, uh, families, um, areas, whatever you want to call them. I don't like using the word community because it comes from communism. Uh, but we need to defend our neighborhoods and our families and those around us. We need to protect one another. Uh, and we're supposed to protect one another if we keep our oaths um, really to ourselves and to our family and to our God to defend one another from enemies foreign and domestic. And sadly, as the domestic government literally turns us all into terrorists by uh, edict and manipulation, They've become the terrorist group. What do you say, Becky? They become the terrorist group themselves. They call us terrorists, but they're the ones that are the terrorists. They're the ones that work for us. The tail can't wag the dog. The creation can't pretend the creator is a terrorist. Okay, We the people are not the terrorists. They are. Absolutely. Government is always terroristic. This is how governments function. They threaten to kill, ultimately, anyone who doesn't go along with their edicts. Okay, even the government under the Constitution, in that sense, was a terroristic government. If you had tariff laws that were passed in the early 19th century, and you did not obey those tariff laws as an importer or merchant— You could be arrested. You could be uh, fined if you continued to resist and refuse to obey. You can ultimately be killed. That is the point of any law. We saw that this last year with the nonsense on COVID, where they were willing to jail and kill people who refused to go along with them. So that's always, governments always are terroristic organization, but Marxist governments dispense with any kind of screen and just rely on pure terror. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Sam Bushman, Becky Akers on your radio, author of Hailstorm and Abducting Arnold, two incredible novels. The Foundation
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow men, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Becky Akers on your radio. So I wanted to start with the premise that these governments are out of control, ladies and gentlemen. They're literally doubling down. They're literally calling us terrorists. And I wish the two founders' example, based on Benjamin Rush's dream, could really help America heal. And I pray for that. But the National Education Association, the NEA, that's the nation's largest teachers' union, has now pushed critical race theory... And they have a plan to implement CRT across the country. In 14,000 school districts across all 50 states. The mainstream press finally talking about this. We've been talking about this for decades. But they're finally discussing critical race theory. That's the idea that if you're white, you're a racist. So systemic, you probably don't even realize how racist you are. There's nothing you can do to ever change it. Uh, If you're not white, you're a victim. You're never a racist. Impossible to be one because you're a victim. And boy, howdy. Uh, does this go psychotic? But it's being taught everywhere now, big business, government schools. And what they say is if you don't like it, run for the school board. Well, I don't know why you'd ever run for the school board of a communist manifesto principle. The 10th plank of the communist manifesto calls for compulsory education. And once they push compulsory education and you agree to put your kids in the government school, ladies and gentlemen, 
then you're literally agreeing that they can do whatever they want with your child. You know how many jurisdictions say the courts after your kids walk through that government school, that communist school doorway, you're, you're out of luck as a parent. Don't forget that reality of who's in charge, and they're going to make sure you know it. And so my only recommendation is that kids or parents need to yank their kids out of government school and never, ever, ever, ever send them back. We need to build our own institutions, homeschooling, private schooling with no government money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of parents say they can't do that. I get it. But you've got to make some tough choices somewhere if you don't want your kids indoctrinated flat out in communism by mandate and funding of the taxpayer uh, via strong arm, you know, at the end of a government gun tactics to fulfill this agenda. Now, some would say, Sam, you're a little too hardcore on this, aren't you, Sam? I don't think so, Becky. I think no, you're calling a spade so. a spade. Yeah, and I would go so far as to say if you can't teach your kids at home, then you have no business bringing them into the world. That is your responsibility. You should have that commitment to them before they're born. Government schools are sheer evil. They always are, but especially when Marxists are in charge. And government schools uh, provide indoctrination in government, um, you know, in other words, telling kids that governments are wonderful things and that uh, we need government or we will descend into chaos and nobody wants chaos and, you know, who will run the roads and how will we uh, defend ourselves without government? And they don't give you the full story. They don't tell your kids that uh, when cops stop them, they have a good chance of dying. Uh, they don't tell your kids that stop and frisk is unconstitutional, no matter what nine jerks in robes have to say about it. Um, you know, in the government schools, kids are indoctrinated to conform and to be good little serfs to government. If you can't prevent that from happening to your child, you have no business bringing them into the world. There you have it. The problem is that, you know, in the past, um, they've been so kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, but on the down low in the way they've been educating children in uh, sexual promiscuity uh, and uh, literally uh, psychotic sexual behavior. Uh, they've been teaching children principles of indoctrination, communism, socialism uh, for literally decades. But it's just starting to, as the American people have taught their children at home because of COVID, uh, as uh, people start to dig into what's being taught to their children, people are waking up in droves and going, wait a minute, what the heck is going on? But this is nothing new. And so the problem is it's so late in the game uh, that, we've, yes. that they've been teaching this. For example, there's a sham poll out. I call it a sham poll anyway. They say it's a legitimate poll. It's from Issues and Insights, and they basically say, hey, only 36% of young adults are proud to be an American these days. <laughs> now, it's a debate what proud to be an American means, but my whole point about this, they say overall, 44% of respondents said that they're extremely proud to be American. 23% said somewhat proud. 15% said not proud at all. Um. Anyway, some said they were not sure. It goes on and on and on. Now, I don't really want to say that I'm proud to be an American because if we're not very careful, we mix up those terms. Am I proud to be part of the general government that acts tyrannically and promotes communism flat out? No, I'm not. Am I proud to have liberty and be in a, in a, a country uh, that in the traditional sense should be defending the sacred cause of liberty that looks to God rather than government? Uh, by a founding father-esque understanding and leadership point of view? Of course I am. 
But I'd say I'm grateful for my liberties, but I don't depend upon government as the guarantor. In fact, government's taking away liberty faster than I can defend it at this point. So uh, being proud to be an American is a weird term to even discuss, Becky. Oh, I agree. I agree. And you've raised excellent points. Um, I think that many of us who consider ourselves proud of America are hearkening back to the earlier history when liberty was upheld, when liberty was promoted. Um, I'm extremely proud to be a descendant of men who fought in the American Revolution. Now, by that, I don't mean that I'm proud of something over which I have no control. Um, the Lord put me into the family he chose for his reasons, and I had no control over that. But I am very proud to be an heir of a philosophy of people willing to put their lives on the line for that philosophy that says no man has the right to boss other sinful men around, that rulers are as sinful as the rest of us. We ought not empower them over us, that liberty is God's greatest gift after salvation, and that we are to defend it with our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. Uh, I'm extremely proud to be part of that tradition to have had ancestors that were willing to lay down their lives for that. And I am willing to lay down mine for that, and all of us should be. And lest you think we are speaking lightly, you should understand that the day is on its way and may be here where we are going to start seeing people killed for freedom. Okay, we have nearly 500 fellow Americans and patriots who are being caged right now in the American version of the Bastille. They are in Washington, D.C. They have been denied any sort of habeas corpus. They are being vindictively abused by the Biden administration. These are the January 6th patriots of whom I'm speaking. And against all constitutionality, against all decency, they have been imprisoned because they dared to enter the Capitol building. Uh, excuse me, who pays for that? Whose money goes to defend the capital, to, to furnish it, to pay the, the leeches that infest it? Okay, that is all our money. Any of us have the right to walk in there at any moment, for any reason, at any time. And yet these people have been imprisoned and are being abused. I would even say tortured. They're being held in solitary confinement, which is a recognized method of torture. Um, so that's what's going on when people like Chuck Norris want us to reconcile with the Marxists who are committing these kinds of crimes. I really don't think he understands Marxism at all or the nature of Marxists. I understand your point, and I get the desire, ladies and gentlemen, to have peace. I get wanting to put that foot forward. I get it. And I don't agree. I don't disagree with the general idea that we want peace. The problem with, and the point Becky's making on this is, look, these people are enemies. These people are not our friends. And they're not willing to have peace. The proof of the point, if you will, right now is that, look, no matter how peaceful we try to be, Okay, I never went to the Capitol, but yet somehow uh, Joe Biden calling me literally a terrorist. For what? For believing in God, family, and country? 
for ag- advocating for the rule of law, for wanting transparency and accountability for those who work for me? Okay, is that what I'm being called a terrorist for? Uh, what laws have I violated? I've been a self-governing model citizen, but yet I'm duped and dubbed as a terrorist by your out-of-control government right now, ladies and gentlemen. And this is kind of where I kind of start to say, you know what? This is out of control. This is not acceptable. Um, And that's the point Becky's making is how do you have peace with people like this? That's the problem. When we come back, we'll talk more about it. The New York Times says the U.S. flag is divisive. (laughs) You think? We'll talk about it. Sam Bushman, Becky Akers on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight a lot. Straight ahead. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams won the Democrat primary for New York City Mayor on Tuesday evening. Adams says he's a moderate Democrat and has promised to strike a balance between fighting crime and ending racism in the NYPD. New York City's first election using a ranked choice voting system ended in 135,000 test ballots being added to the election totals, putting earlier results into disarray. The Biden administration fell short of its goal to have 70% of all American adults receive at least one COVID-19 vaccination by July 4th. So on Tuesday, the administration announced a new plan to take vaccinations door to door to see your papers. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people. The administration's goal is to boost vaccine participation. We are USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allyn from my great friends at Freedom Fest. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? Well, here's your opportunity. This July 21st through 24th, thousands of liberty lovers are headed to South Dakota for the greatest libertarian show on earth, Freedom Fest. This time held at the Rushmore Civic Center in Rapid City, South Dakota, with a record-setting crowd. Here's your chance to make new friends and meet the country's top political and business leaders, authors, and filmmakers in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Some of the star speakers this year, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Dr. Drew, Larry Elder, U.S. Senator Mike Lee, U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis, the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, Steve Moore, John Fun, Grover Norquist, Tom Woods, and the infamous pandemic mock trial. Go to FreedomFest.com. Use promo code WAR50 to get $50 off the registration fee. That's FreedomFest.com with promo code WAR50. Fly there, drive there, bike there, RV there, be there. Freedom Fest in South Dakota. Get your tickets now at freedomfest.com. Russian hackers strike again. Now what? Dan Rafi reports. More than 1,500 businesses around the world have been affected by the largest ransomware attack ever recorded. The attack occurring over the July 4th holiday weekend against U.S.-based IT software company Kaseya. Russian hacking gang R-Evil has taken credit for the attack, demanding a $70 million ransom. The hack puts more pressure on President Biden to respond to Russia over the attack. Former Defense Intelligence Agency officer Rebecca Koffler says the U.S. needs to respond, and strongly. She tells Fox News that the federal government has been asleep at the wheel in preventing cyber attacks. President Biden said that he has uh, directed the intelligence community to do a deep dive. 
dive? Well, it is very unfortunate that the deep dive is being directed after the attack and not before. So we have been sleeping at the wheel with regard to the Russian threat. So that's number one. So we have to catch up in terms of understanding their mindset and how they intend to use cyber. USA Radio News. All right, Becky Akers with me, ladies and gentlemen, well-known author, columnist, and more. Writes for Lou Rockwell and many other great publications, by the way. Uh, her new novels, well, I shouldn't say they're new now, but they're great novels nevertheless. Abducting Arnold, the other side of the Benedict Arnold story you probably haven't heard. And Nathan Hale, Hailstorm is what it's called about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest American patriots ever known. Get your books today. Incredible stuff. So, Becky, now uh, the New York Times says, Hey, you know, the American flag is divisive, Becky. <laughs> I'm just going, you think? I wonder why. How dumb am I, Becky? Um, Are you yes. me right now? It is divisive because it has presided over a great many American embassies around the world that have done nothing but try to undermine other people's governments. It has presided over regime change. There is no authorization in the Constitution that allows government to go, our federal government, to go around the world sowing murder and mayhem and uh, working clandestinely with the CIA to get rid of other rulers it doesn't like that refuse to kowtow to the feds. Um, so I can see that that's why the flag would be divisive because it's uh, been used to sanction all this. So let me, tell you what the, let me tell you what the flag should symbolize, in my humble opinion, and what the flag currently symbolizes, which I believe to be the problem. What the flag should symbolize is we are a nation under God Almighty. And government, if existing at all, should be very limited in scope and chained down. Uh, by the consent of the governed via the Constitution, the contract. The problem is when government breaks the contract at literally every turn, that government is so rogue that it creates dishonor. The flag, sadly, is starting to represent that dishonor, number one. Number two, around the world, instead of America being a beacon on a hill of turning to God, of self-governing individuals, as de Tocqueville talked about in the early days of the, of the country, uh, where America is great because America is good. It wasn't that the government was good. It was that the people were moral and good, honest people. They didn't have a whole lot of laws, but they didn't need them because they were self-governed under the guidelines of God Almighty. Okay, But then as the nation continued, it became a war nation. We have become a war nation. We have become a nation builders, uh, or whatever you want to call it. We have become uh, war uh, the war machine. We fund both sides of wars. We're dishonest. We meddle in every other country on the planet's affairs. We're in over 130 nations, militarily speaking, right now, as a matter of fact. We literally fund the military-industrial complex, the war machine. We have become a warlike people and nation. We love war. We love destruction. We love violating the sovereignty of other nations to the point where the flag is just becoming dishonored because we betrayed every principle that made America great in the first place. And we're not a beacon on a hill uh, as we should be and as uh, the founders intended. And we're not a country that looks to God. We look to government to give us everything these days, as socialists and communists and fascists always do. And so I believe it's dishonor brought on uh, America 
on the government that has created this symbol, the flag, the dishonor that sadly it deserves. You know, I don't blame people when they want to hang the flag upside down or when they want to burn it. I'm not really willing or wanting to do either, but I get their sentiments. I get their frustration. I get their anger. I get their sadness for the betrayals that have been going on uh, via false flag operations for literally hundreds of years now. I get the banking cartel lording over everybody and printing money out of thin air and using that to war like and, 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 and promote all kinds of perversions everywhere and literally mock and turn our backs on God as a nation. I get those frustrations. And I think that's what this discussion is about, Becky. Oh, I agree. I agree entirely. Um, I don't know about your audience and you, Sam, but when I look at the American flag now, I see a federal government. I see it symbolizes a federal government that is working its hardest to destroy freedom in this country. I see it symbolizing an illegitimate, unelected, usurping, quote, president. Um, I think of it as an evil empire to rival the Soviet Union with all of the skullduggery it's undertaken around the world, with the people it is uh, persecuting and abusing in prisons. And I'm not talking now just about January 6th patriots. Uh, there are a great many people in American prisons who are political prisoners. They do not belong in prison. They have committed no crime. They have no victims. What they did was violate a bureaucrat's will and a bureaucrat's whim. And they have been imprisoned because of that. Um, that's a political prisoner. So that's what I see when I look at the American flag now. I don't want it. I would never salute it. Um, I wouldn't turn my back on it as that Olympic athlete did simply because I don't want anyone to think I'm a Black Lives Matter Marxist. However, I, I will not stand for it. Um, you know, there are churches <laughs> that have so far abandoned the Lord Jesus Christ. They will actually have a worship ceremony of the American flag in their service. I do not stand for that. I, everybody rises and, and salutes the flag. I don't do any of that. I remain seated. Why? Because, first of all, uh, no matter how—let's say we had a perfect government that did not violate our liberty in any way. Still, it is a monumental third. First is God, then is family, and then way, way down, miles below those two, comes the country. So um, I just I, I'm not into this flag worship. I think patriots need to wake up from this. Need to realize what the flag is symbolizing now. Um, it's just it's not good as long as it symbolizes an empire as evil as the American one. Now I feel slightly different because I believe the flag stands for liberty and the flag stands for government obeying its proper role. Uh, and government's being limited and chained down by the contract, the Constitution, whether it be the federal or, you know, the general Constitution or the state constitutions. I believe the government is chained down. It's, at least it's supposed to be. So I am willing to pledge allegiance to the flag in so much as it carries out its proper role. In other words, it derives its just powers from the consent of the governed. And so I celebrate that that honorable intention that it ought to be, not what it has become. And, and so that's just the way I choose to do it. I get, though, the frustration. And here's the problem. If somebody wants to burn the flag, 
many would say, no, let's pass a law to stop them from burning the flag. By golly, how dare they not be patriotic? Or how dare they? I'm fine with somebody burning the flag if they feel so inclined because they have every right to demonstrate their displeasure as they think best. Okay? Now, I wouldn't burn the flag myself, but I support somebody's right to do so if they choose. Okay? And just like Becky, she doesn't want to stand up with the flag. I, I support her right not to stand. Just as I, if I do stand, I want my right supported and my intention. There are many other flags that I support. You know, the, the snake flag, uh, the, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, flag that they call now the, the, the South white supremacist flags, whatever else. You know, I have a lot uh, of belief in those flags as well because those celebrated along our way uh, in the Re- Constitutional Republic. Uh, they were a defense of states' rights. They were a defense of turning to God in many ways. And so a lot of that symbolism I still hold on to and respect. But again, I'm not here to judge everyone else for their decisions. Here's the problem in America. What we want to say is if you don't bake a cake for the gays, you're an enemy. But if you don't want to stand for the flag, you're an enemy too. Oh, but if you stand for the flag, you're an enemy. And we're just divided on every single topic under the sun. And rather than understanding the First Amendment, and the right of free expression and free speech and free thought and the right of one's own conscience. Uh, we have jettisoned that defense also. And that's why I speak to this. Uh, Becky and I may not have the same exact reaction, but can we still agree and be friends and be kind and be respectful of one another's views and try to put ourselves in each other's shoes to understand the reasons we have the views we have and why we behave the way we behave and whether we agree or disagree, respect it and leave honor to it? Can we do that in America? And sadly, most can't these days, Becky. Oh, I agree. But, you know, Sam, I think it would be very um, prudent to discuss what exactly is patriotism. I agree. Is patriotism supporting a flag? Is it loving a flag? No. The flag is merely a piece of cloth. And what we have to do is think about what it symbolizes. Um, I'm with you. If the flag symbolizes a country that loved liberty, that gave liberty its paramount value, that considered liberty the highest political goal, and that adamantly rejected any politician, and of course there wouldn't be bureaucrats in a country like that, but adamantly rejected any politician who tried to subvert liberty, who tried to take away even the minutest quantity of it, man, I would love that flag and what it symbolized, okay? Um, this is like people when they go to D.C. and it's like, this is real patriotic. No, it isn't. No. The Capitol building is not a symbol of patriotism. The Capitol building is a symbol of tyranny and of reasons that are destroying our freedom. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Becky's question is a good one. What is patriotism? What is the true meaning? People think patriotism is like Christmas these days, don't they? Just unwrap a bunch of presents, guzzle down a bunch of beers, and... Yay, hurrah to the flag, and that's the end of that. How deceived they are. Hang tight. Becky Akers in seconds. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate 
educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, MericaFirst dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I ask you, what is the KQ? You know, the kosher question. Most Americans will spend their entire lifetime purchasing food from the supermarkets while having no idea that almost every packaged food product on the grocery shelves is certified kosher. Indeed, the kosher question encompasses not only food and religion, but also affects our economics, politics, and our identity. In an effort to promote awareness to the kosher question, developers have published an app for your smartphone that features a database of food products that have not been kosher certified. The Koshertified app has prominent advertisement on TPC's homepage, or you can check out its website at thekosherquestion.com. With the cesspool of politics getting even deeper these days, why not leave the swamp and start eating in favor of your own interests? Check out thekosherquestion.com today and download the app. Becky Akers wisely asks the question, what is the true meaning of patriotism? Is it wave the flag? Not having a clue what the flag really symbolizes or stands for or what you're agreeing to? Is patriotism standing up for every, quote, war hero on the planet, whether they've been involved in unjust wars or not? Is patriotism being delighted that we have dishonest fake money? that they print on printing presses and betray the constitutional edict of gold and silver currency for honest money? Is patriotism voting into office those tyrants who would abuse us? Or is patriotism a love of the sacred cause of liberty and all expressions of that love of liberty to the core, to the center of your heart and being, uh, true expressions of liberty uh, to be honored and all else to be shunned? What, what is the true meaning of patriotism, Becky? I would I would say that was it, Sam. That uh, patriotism involves fighting for, valuing, reverencing liberty, and opposing any effort, no matter what the excuse, no matter who puts it forward, to deprive any person of freedom, to diminish our freedoms. Um, the patriots that I see right now are the people fighting D.C. as hard as they can, fighting their state governors, people that at the height of the pandemic idiocy refused to wear a mask, those are patriots. Uh, people now who are refusing to take the jab, who are refusing to bow down to the globalists and cooperate with a globalist agenda, those are patriots. Um, people that want freedom to reign without limitation in this nation. Those are patriots, people who put their money where their mouth is and went to D.C. and protested a stolen election. Those are patriots. And they are now paying a price that more and more patriots are going to have to pay unless we band together and go to war. I mean a literal shooting war against the Marxists. Um, 
where do we go from here when we think of patriotism? Because to me, patriotism is not just a wave the flag or something we do on the 4th of July or Constitution Day or at Christmas. It's not a, hey, we all get presents, we all get handouts from the government. It's a fundamental upholding of the principles of liberty. So at the least, at least in terms of the constitutional supreme law of the land right now, it would be the dividing of powers horizontally and vertically, insisting on the checks and balances, insisting on holding bureaucrats and professional do-gooders and elected and appointed officials accountable whenever they act beyond the scope of their chained down, limited roles. If they're not acting in accordance with the consent of the governed based on the contract we gave them, they need to be criminally prosecuted and removed from office immediately. These upholding of these fundamental principles and the demands of the Declaration of Independence articulated in the Constitution, if they act outside of their scope, it's our duty to fire them, to shut them down, to hold them criminally liable for their abuses and behaviors. And uh, to me, that upholding of liberty it's an action word, this, this idea of patriotism. It's not a passive wave of the flag discussion being completely disconnected from reality. It is an obligation. The founders said you have a republic if you can keep it. It is a duty not to be taken lightly if we ever expect to maintain our freedoms. Otherwise, we will flat out lose them to tyrants. Patriotism is an action word. Sam, I would just like to add that many people have this idea that the armed forces are patriots. And we all need to, uh, you know, patriots must honor the armed forces. And I want to say this is complete and utter balderdash. Uh, I was very intrigued uh, during the one of the last wars over the last decade or so. Um, a newspaper in New York used to publish... And it was a conservative newspaper, and therefore it idolized the military. And they used to publish um, little bios of members of the armed forces who had died, okay? So they published bios of fatalities in whatever war this was. I don't remember. There have been so many. Um, and I was fascinated. They, they had a little, you know, they gave the name, the rank, the age. They had a little form that was all filled out, and then there were a couple of paragraphs on the person himself. Um, but one of the questions they asked was, why did this person sign up? And I guess they got the information from the families or from letters or whatever. But, uh, you know, even though the guy was deceased, they would always have his reason for signing up. I was fascinated that not one time did any of them say, because I love my country. All of them said variations of two things. Number one, I got good job training. Uh, the job training is what drew me in. Uh, I can get a great job when I get out of this, the service. The second reason was I can go around the world on the taxpayer's dime. And, and they were very upfront about this. <laughs> There's no, like, pussy footing around and, well, you know, I get a chance to, I, I can go around the world and somebody else will pay for it. Now, these are utterly selfish motives. And there's nothing wrong with a selfish motive, okay? Most of us go to work out of a selfish motive. We want to eat, okay? We're willing to go and exchange a day's labor so that we can eat that night. Selfish motive. That's fine. But where it diverges from good selfishness into bad is when you're expecting somebody else to pay for it. These guys that sign up, uh, and Sam, I grew up in an area in the Midwest where um, most people don't go on to college, 
most people, you know, you get out of high school and basically your option is go work in McDonald's or join the, the service. So a lot of people where I grew up went on and, and became military folks. And, you know, I go home and what I'm treated to are churches that have services glorifying the service. <laughs> Instead of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, they're intent on glorifying the service. Most churches at home will have a bulletin board when you first walk in with all of the service members' pictures and names and where they're staying. Please pray across the top. And I'm always thinking, yeah, I'm going to pray for their victims. Okay, this is not patriotic to sign up with an evil empire and agree to go and kill people you have never known who have not done a thing to hurt you. Different matter. If the Japanese or the Russians or the Chinese are invading our country and threatening to kill us and our families, perfectly all right, then go right ahead and shoot. But to sign up so you can go around the world or you can get free job training with an empire as totally evil as the American one is now, that, that's not in any stretch of the imagination patriotism. And we are not patriotic if we are worshiping the military. And we're not okay? protecting our interests either, unless you want to talk about the banker's interest of fake money. We've turned the, uh, you know, instead of a constitutional currency, gold and silver in the United States is the supreme law calls for. Okay, we've created fiat currency where they print it on a printing press. They rip us off right from the start, charge us interest, but then they've tied it to oil, the petrodollar, if you will. And they've tied it to oil around the world, forcing other countries to literally deal in our currency to keep the con game alive. I mean, it is criminal behavior um, at the highest levels. Uh, it's global in nature. It's evil. It's satanic. And this is what then we use our military then to mandate the upholding thereof. That's absolutely correct. There is nothing patriotic in this. It's evil. And for all of us to go along with this and jump to our feet and rah-rah the military and all the heroes are coming home, no, no, this is not patriotism. What this is is tyranny, and it's extending tyranny overseas. And it's no wonder that much of the world hates America. I think we would hate any country that did to us what American governments have done to other countries. And sadly, as we continue to violate the laws of God, we lose God's protection. And it is now starting to be done to us, whether it be the coronavirus, the global elite create this virus and release it around the world. Whether you believe the virus is real or not, they've destroyed economies uh, over the boogeyman fear of it. Uh, they have literally now forced people to wear masks, and then now they're forcing the jab uh, on people, violating people's rights of conscience. If you want to murder your baby, they say you have the right to your body. But if you don't want to take a man-made toxin that is not even tried and proven or tested uh, to acceptable levels, etc., uh, they say you don't have a choice. What are you, some kind of a terrorist? And they literally manipulate the people globally. But especially in the United States, almost even more so than globally, uh, to these narratives that are just disingenuous at the least. Where's the transparency? Where's the accountability for Fauci, who he's been caught lying over and over and over? 
him and his colleagues who have shut down all kinds of frontline physicians who try to stand up and tell the truth but get shut down by big tech and government in bed together in a fascist coup kind of a scenario. These are the kind of things that we're experiencing and dealing with. And then what we do is say, by golly, if you want to be patriotic, you better put on your mask. That's the way to show patriotism. And we're, we're all mixed up and deceived. And it's surprising to me how Americans can fall for this so completely. I mean, there's few dissenters such as myself, and I get ridiculed and abused and death threats and all kinds of different things for my stance. But I will not back down. I'm telling you right now, this is insanity. And I fear for where we're headed if we don't get a grip on it and turn to God Almighty and fast. Uh, But anyway, that's my take, Becky. What do you say? Yeah, um, patriotism has nothing to do with supporting a government. Patriotism or its armed bullies that go around the world enforcing its will. Or its bureaucrats at home. um, Or its politicians that put it all into play. Patriotism is desiring the best for your country, and that means desiring freedom, freedom from government, freedom from a military, um, freedom to pursue your own happiness in the way that you see fit, freedom to live your life without interference from others, uh, especially violent interference, such as government uh, specializes in. So that's what freedom is, and this, and and that's what patriotism is desiring and propagating that kind of freedom. So to, to have the idea that a flag that symbolizes an oppressive, corrupt, and tyrannical government, to have the idea that that flag is something we revere, I, I'm sorry, that's just not patriotism. As I mentioned, I revere the intent of the founders with the flag. I revere the principles that made America great. The flag is nothing but a symbolism of that. The flag isn't just a cloth, as Becky says, but it's the symbolism that I hold in my heart about it. It's kind of like the Constitution is nothing but a piece of paper. But yet it's the principles that I hold in my mind about chaining down bureaucrats so that none get too much power that the checks and balances are wisely applied to create accountability and transparency, that we the people are self-governed based on the laws of God, not in the edicts of government. In fact, if we obey the laws of God, the edicts of government would be completely unnecessary. Uh, Anyway, I bring that up because, you know what, we can have different views on this, folks. Here's the problem. A lot of people are going to listen to this show and say, how dare you have on Becky, who just hates everything, and I would say hates everything what? Immoral and unconstitutional? I'm grateful to have her on the radio because that is the truth. We should embrace good and reject evil at every opportunity. We should make popular that which is good and make unpopular that which is bad. And if you can't handle that kind of free thinking and open discussions, well, then how American are you? That's what I would ask. Hour one in the can. Becky Akers with me. She'll be with me the second hour, too. And, man, have we got some barn burner discussions to have coming up. Becky Akers with me, ladies and gentlemen. She's a freelance writer. She's an author. Her incredible books, Hailstorm, about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest patriots ever known, and Abducting Arnold, the other side of the Benedict Arnold story. Incredible new novels. Ask for them by name before they're banned. God save we the people. Live 
From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues hard-hitting talk. Always at your fingertips. This is the broadcast for July the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is hour two of two. Becky Akers riding shotgun on the broadcast today. She's well known as an author, as a columnist. All I'm telling you, she does a phenomenal job, as always. Check out her new novels, the revolutionary new novels, if you will. Abducting Arnold, the other side of the Benedict Arnold story, and Hailstorm, an incredible book about Nathan Hale. Uh, and it's basically, um, you know, historical fiction uh, because she uh, takes the liberty to put people in places and and have uh, detailed conversations, etc., that are not factual, but yet... Uh, you know, documented in there is the historical reality of the facts we do know. Uh, very fascinating to read, very educational to say the least. Uh, look for them on the internet by name, Becky Akers Hailstorm or Becky Akers Abducting Arnold. Uh, incredible new novels. So those are there. Becky's with me. We talked last hour in great detail about what is the true meaning of patriotism. Is it backing a rogue, out of control, belligerent government that calls we the people terrorists? I think not. Is it waving the flag on the 4th of July? You know, get drunk as you can and wave the flag and you're a patriot? I think not. Is it turning to God instead of government? Keeping the commandments of God and in your heart, in your very soul, advocating for the sacred principles that can make any individuals and families Families, by the way, the God-ordained families are the fundamental unit of society. Is patriotism helping those fundamental units, the family, stay together? And worship God Almighty and keep his commandments. Is that patriotism? I think the answer is a clear resounding yes. As we chain down bureaucrats with the Constitution using the checks and balances wisely. After all, they only have any power. They only have any authority by the consent of the governed. We the people. And only by contract. If they exceed that, they're belligerent and rogue and out of control and need to be stopped. Well, with that introduction to the second hour, here comes the gun grabbers Becky. Here's the headline for you. Cuomo, New York declares emergency over gun violence in New York. A first for a state, they say, according to the New York Times. So under this emergency now, here come the gun grabbers. <laughs> and, and why is there an emergency, could I ask? Well, because everybody's getting shot and shooting everybody, by golly. There's a, yes, and, and why is that? Because for the last 50 years, New York's rulers have done their utmost to disarm New York's population. Yeah, New so York's, only the criminals have guns there. And that's it. And then on top of that, you had the whole defund the police. Um, I am not a fan of cops. I do not care for them. They are inimical to freedom. And there are too many of them that are rogue. Yes, I understand not all of them are. I understand there can be good men that become, and women that become cops. But on the whole, the institution itself is inimical to freedom, okay? Um, However, when you have a city like New York and you have micromanagement of 
every facet of life by government. And you have a Marxist dystopia up there. And you have law after law that prevent people from defending themselves. When you have disarmament, you're going to have to do something to stop the crimes because, of course, when you have uh, laws against guns, only criminals have guns, and they will go out and they make hay against the population that is disarmed. So if you're going to get rid of the cops, too, you then have created a crisis. And what do you do with that crisis being a good Marxist? Why, you use it to get even more guns away from people. So that is what Cuomo is doing. Uh, Sam, I am astounded that this guy is still out in public with all the murders to his credit. All of the thousands of New Yorkers who are dead because of his nursing home shenanigans. Um, I'm not sure if that's as well known outside New York State as it is inside New York State. But in case anybody's been living under a rock for the last year, Cuomo early on in the pandemic forced nursing homes to accept, quote, COVID positive patients, which means that these people were there in the nursing home spreading their germs to the most vulnerable section of the population. And Cuomo was actually being investigated for this. Um, the fact that he's up there, oh, and, and he was also simultaneously being investigated for sexual harassment of people in his office, women in his office. So how this guy is still out there pontificating and viewing his propaganda and his Marxism and his evil I am just astounded. I well, mean, the only and- reason the only reason why that I can see is the people are on the dole, so they get their everything from the government, from TV to beer to cell phones to whatever, handouts, so they don't have to work, and they're just like, hey, unless you bust my bubble, I'm just going to chill in my bubble and not make waves. Just leave me alone, and I'll keep my head down and uh, whatever. At, whereas at the same time, you got election fraud and and criminals running the system to where there's no accountability anywhere. I mean, imagine, um, you know, these people going to jail over these sexual things, and then Bill Clinton just running around free, going, hey, I was on Lolita, but I didn't do anything bad when I was there. You know, this kind of stuff. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? I mean, literally, we have a two-tiered system where if you're the working class, you're going to prison. If you're the elite class, hey, there's nothing that can get you in prison whatsoever. And that's really the reality that the, the people are, are being lorded over and their secret combinations that are above the people to the point where right now, without a war, there's nothing we can do about it. And, Sam, think about the level of evil in the Democratic Party that they have not disavowed this, this sociopath, okay? Remember also that he wrote a book and published a book on how successful he'd been in the the battle against coronavirus and what a leader he was in this crisis. And that book is out there, I I think. Yeah, Maybe, and, the, uh, and the news media fawned over him and basically, oh, the news media, uh, you know, yeah. he, uh, he deserves a, a Nobel Peace Prize and all kind of this stuff. And we find out he's literally forcing um, infected people into uh, old folks. I was literally killing everybody in the process. And then, hey, there's no accountability. They even knew it was wrong when it was done. That's all been exposed. But nobody cares. Nobody can do anything about it. 
not only that, but uh, he lied about the numbers in the nursing homes, too. I mean, the guy is just absolutely a sociopath. And yet the Democrats have not come out with any kind of investigation on their own. They have stonewalled investigations that uh, various governments have tried to run on him. Uh, th- this is just, I mean, do we need any further evidence of how evil and how perverted the Democratic Party is? And, and by that, I don't mean in any way to defend the Republican Party. They are usually almost as bad. But I am just pointing out that if you have any good feelings in your heart for the Democratic Party, you are upholding and cooperating with an absolutely degenerate, wicked, corrupt Marxist party. And you are largely responsible for the downfall of the country if you in any way support this party. It's hard to know how to handle this. Now Biden outlines a door-to-door vaccination approach. So they literally are now literally looking at a door-to-door vaccine campaign push. They're going to knock on your door, Becky, and say, hello, we're here to help you get your coronavirus jab. This may be why they've been so hot to get people uh, disarmed. (laughs) And uh, let me say, I I feel sorry (laughs) for any bureaucrat that knocks on my door because he's going to get a whole lot more than he bargained for. But think about in America right now, where we're literally saying the president of the United States outlines a COVID-19 door-to-door vaccination push. Now I guess you wish you hadn't filled out the sentences in as detailed as you may have done thinking you were a patriot by filling that out, right? (laughs) Yes, Sam, I I always wonder about people that cooperate with any measure of a government that has demonstrated over and over again it is our worst enemy. Why would anyone cooperate with the census? Why? Oh, are no, they- Becky, there's three people in your household or whatever the number be, and two of you said you won't get the vaccine, but we need to come back and visit the third member. And, yes. And, 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 you know, all I'm telling you is this is insanity of what they're going to use, all the details they've been gathering on everybody, all the extra unnecessary, unconstitutional, pry into your private life details that they've been working on um, over the last, I don't know, 50 years. The census has changed significantly in what they ask and all the details. And now it'll all come back to we're going to knock on your door. They would like to take away your ability to shoot. But we want to give yeah. you the shot at the same time. Yeah. Because we love you, Becky. I don't think they're going to get too far with this. I think that too many Americans are going to object and will find this really creepy. And he can sit up there and blather all he wants to, but this is so against um, tradition and American culture. Because at the end of the day, even with all the Marxism abroad, most Americans still just want to be left alone in their home. And they certainly don't want any aspect of government pounding on the door. Amen to that. Hang tight. Becky Akers with me, ladies and gentlemen. All kinds of interesting headlines to bring to her attention for discussion and your attention for interest and education. Hang tight. This is the one and only hard-hitting talk radio program known as Liberty Roundtable Live.
I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Sam Bushman, Becky Akers on your radio talking about the proper role of limited government. Sadly, it doesn't seem like there is such a thing these days, but there ought to be, and we the people need to insist on it or we'll lose it. That's for sure. Rogue agents out of control. Now Joe Biden literally talking about walking government bureaucrats door to door and uh, asking, hey, will you take the jab? Yeah, door-to-door vaccine campaign push outlined by whacked-out, creepy, crazy Grandpa Joe. By the way, he's a pervert, too, speaking of Cuomo being a pervert. This guy's a pervert to the extreme. Cuomo now declares an emergency over gun violence in New York. A first for a state, says the New York Times. So the question becomes, will they come and ask for your guns and ask to give you the jab at the same time? By the way, if you turn in your gun and take the jab, we'll give you, well, we'll just give you a universal basic income for crying out loud. Socialism and fascism and communism just rampant in the country right now. Out of control. Here's the next headline, though. Officer who shot Ashley Babbitt in the January 6th event identified. I don't know if you know about this, Becky, but we've identified now the officer who shot her. Murdered her. In cold blood is what I would say. House Sergeant at Arms. The guy's name is Timothy Blodgett. He was testifying before Congress and he inadvertently disclosed the name in congressional testimony. Acting Sergeant at Arms accidentally confirms that Lieutenant Mike Byrd 
killed Ashley Babbitt. So now we know who literally murdered a veteran in cold blood that day. Where's the accountability? I guess transparency uh, is left to God Almighty for a Freudian slip. Nevertheless, I want accountability for this, though. He had no right, no reason, no logic, no uh, justification for murdering her at all. Now, you can say, well, she shouldn't have been going through the window. Okay, but is going through a window reason to murder somebody? I don't think so, folks. Even if you accept that she shouldn't have been doing that, which is another debatable discussion, certainly the uh, punishment doesn't match the crime, does it? You flat out get murdered for that? What happens when a bureaucrat comes on your property and asks you to take the jab and politely asks for your guns? Are they where they ought not be? Now, I'm not suggesting or promoting or ad- agitating for any violence of any kind. I'm merely comparing reality checks for you, ladies and gentlemen. We now know who killed Ashley Babbitt. Um, <clears throat> this guy's name is Mike Bird. B-Y-R-D is how you spell his last name, just for your reference. What do you say to this, Becky? <laughs> you related to the late senator. <laughs> also, Sam, was this not just the oddest thing? And it's part and parcel of the way that the Biden administration is, as Marxists always do, persecuting political opponents. Okay? What, why in the world was this guy's name not released? Why is it that it's just now uh, come inadvertently to our attention? What kind of police states hide uh, the names of government blackies who kill citizens? What is going on? I mean, does this not convince us as much as anything could of the total breakdown in American values and how Marxism has taken over our country? Yeah, I mean, it's escalation to the umph degree, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. The, uh, they claim that we went as armed insurrectionists to the Capitol. The only people who had and displayed arms, the only people who used those arms were the government. They did this in the Ammon Bundy situation where they killed Lavoie Finnicum. The only person that fired a gun at anybody was the government. And they murdered Lavoie. Now the only person to use a gun again, government official, murders this poor lady, Right? Ashley Babbitt, they murdered her, and, and then they want to cover up the name. But don't worry. Don't worry, Becky. They are de-escalation experts. You want me to tell you how and why? <laughs> yes, please do. I know this is psychotic as they escalate at every single turn. A friend of mine didn't pay his um, <clears throat> taxes on his home, and he didn't pay his income taxes because he doesn't believe he owes them. His name is Ken Cromar, and the government literally drove an AMRAP up on his porch and they had 75 SWAT agents descend on his house after they had arrested him at a store, so they didn't even have him in the mix. They did all this to get his wife. All right, so they're escalating beyond imagination. The whole neighborhood was shocked into shock and awe over this thing. I mean, it was psychotic. Uh, nevertheless, um, that is their escalation tactics. But they want you to know that they de-escalate. There's an incredible article uh, available now that was uh, written in the Arizona Republic, and USA Today picked it up. But here's the headline for your education. De-escalation tool wraps arms and legs without pain. Olivia Muntz writes the piece. The de-escalation tool, by the way, was created, they say, about four years ago. 
that's according to Tom Smith. He's the CEO and president of Rap Technologies, which is headquartered in Tempe, Arizona. I guess the Bull Rap, B, or Bola, B-O-L-A, Bola Rap, is handheld like a taser, but shaped more like a cell phone because it's peaceful, you know. And once it's activated, it discharges an eight-foot Kevlar cord. And what it does is it restrains uncooperative suspects or non-responsive persons in crisis from a distance, according to the website. Smith said the Bola app is the only tool available to law enforcement that does not rely on pain compliance. There you go. Now, I look at this thing, and they created this thing. I guess you just press that button, and this thing just whips out this Kevlar little, I don't know what you call it, chain? <laughs> Rope? What? And it just wraps you up, man. So this guy was running from the cops, holding up a taser, and they just whipped out this thing and just wrapped his legs up and stopped him in his tracks, Becky. They're just de-escalating everywhere. It's all peaceful now. <laughs> Yeah, and, and let's remember that the laws being enforced are almost always bureaucratic whims. They are not laws, okay? Um, if you try to park in a handicap-only zone, you have broken a law, and you can be subdued with this thing. If you set your trash out incorrectly, you have broken a regulation, and you will get a ticket. And if you refuse to pay the ticket, you will find that you have agents from the government on your doorstep ready to handcuff you and cage you. And if you resist them, you will find that they are ready to kill you. Okay, so this is what we're talking about when we say law enforcement. Um, Americans are very good at um, perverting the meaning of law enforcement, just as they've perverted the meaning of patriotism. Uh, and just as we don't mindlessly cheer the military and that makes us patriots, so when we hear that something is for law enforcement, we stop and we say, you know what, most of the laws being enforced, the vast, vast, vast majority of them are neither just nor fair nor right. They aren't even law. There, it has nothing to do with crime. It has nothing to do with protecting my liberty. What it has to do with is getting revenue for the state. That's really what's at the heart of all of this. Yeah, what and I find interesting about their description of this tool is it says it was created and it's used to go ahead and discharge this Cavalier Corps, they say, against uncooperative suspects. Now listen to this. Or non-responsive. Yeah. Um, let's see, what do they say? Non-responsive persons in crisis. So if I'm non-responsive and I'm in a crisis, why would you press the button to whip out this snake-like wrap-me-up tool if I'm non-responsive and in crisis? Why would you do that? Because the answer is it's to be used whenever they want to for whatever power trip they're on, reasons they think necessary, and the laws will be written to defend this tool as the peaceful means because they're de-escalating. And and you, my friend, as non-responsive as you were, you were escalating the situation. By golly, 
Um, you might not have been able to obey my commands, but you did not obey. Therefore, I whipped this thing out on you and wrapped you up and whatever. I, I look at this and I just go, are you kidding me right now? This is the de-escalation tool they're now using. Forget reason, forget discussion, forget appropriate behavior, and, and just launch the next tool. Where do we come to in America? We get back, Becky will respond to this, though, but I, I just find this fascinating. Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen, on your favorite talk station. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The National Hurricane Center is reporting heavy rains and gusty winds were spreading inland across southwest and west central Florida as Elsa weakened to a tropical storm early Wednesday morning. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is expected to press her G20 counterparts for a global minimum corporate tax rate above the 15% floor to which 130 countries just last week agreed to. The specific rate and potential exemptions are among issues still to be determined. The Pentagon has canceled the disputed JEDI contract. The Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Project became bogged down in legal challenges almost as soon as it was awarded to Microsoft in October of 2019. The price tag was $10 billion over a decade. 62-year-old Miriam Thompson, a Pentagon translator, has been sentenced to 23 years in prison for passing the names of United States informants in Iraq to a person linked to Lebanon's Hezbollah terrorists. USA Radio News. Let's see, if something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. The Pentagon has responded to reports that looters unlawfully entered the Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. Afghan leaders Tuesday said U.S. forces up and left in the middle of the night without informing anyone. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau explains. Afghan military officials said they were not informed that U.S. troops vacated the field. Not so, says former Admiral John Kirby, now the Pentagon spokesman. Afghan leaders, civilian and military, were appropriately coordinated with and briefed about the turnover of Bagram uh, Air Base. Kirby was questioned about military vehicles left behind. Some vehicles were left for use by the Afghans. Some were destroyed uh, because they were no longer uh, usable. Uh, And some were properly transferred out of the country. Some brought home, some transferred to other places uh, in the region. From the USA Radio News, Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. 
Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. All right, back with you live. Sam Bushman, Becky Akers, talking about this bowler wrap technology. They call it a de-escalation tool that wraps arms and legs. They say it does so without pain. The problem is they say that they use this a lot of times on people who have mental issues. And what happens is that you bowler wrap somebody quickly if they're moving fast. And what it does is it makes it so that you fall down, crack your head on the cement, whatever the case may be, break a limb, uh, etc., the de-escalation tool was created about four years ago. It's being tested all over the place is the peaceful solution. But the, the next headline says, Bowler Wrap. People are divided over high-tech cop lasso. So it's just like a, a high-tech lasso there. They'll just catch you like an animal. Becky? Yes. Just imagine, Sam, if you refuse the jab when they come to your doorstep where you may wind up with the bowler wrap around you no just put the bowler wrap on give me the jab let me go and say no that wasn't so bad was it son <laughs> wow and this is out of control what we resort to and what we call peaceful we just lie to the people about the reality so they have all these videos where people are standing still or moving slowly get bowler wrapped and it's not really that big of a deal the problem is if you're moving quickly uh or if you're if, if you're not in, in the cooperative mode that the bowler app was quote designed for or whatever else <laughs> then it can really cause problems and hurt you in many ways. So the pain-free solution becomes very painful indeed. Just a different kind of pain that you cause yourself, don't you know, Becky? Yes, yes. And and um, this, the demonic police state, the, the absolutely evil minds that come up with this kind of stuff, uh, I saw a similar, well, I saw this in a quote last night, Sam, the same idea of, they can do anything they want to to us, but woe betide the surf that responds similarly and tries to defend himself. The head of the Transportation Security Administration, my all-time favorite bureaucracy, um, said with regard to the July 4th increase in travel that uh, we will not tolerate any aggressive actions against our officers. Now, let's remember what the TSA does, it um, steals from people. It has been documented over and over again that it's officers, quote, it's goons, steal laptops and jewelry and money. What else does the TSA do? It sexually assaults passengers. And there have been a number of cases where passengers have tried to fight back and they have been arrested. They have been put on trial. They have been fined. Okay, so basically the TSA can do anything it wants to to passengers. And that's been upheld, by the way, in court, that the TSA agents have a lot of discretion and they can do what they please to passengers. But if any passenger fights back, um, there was one woman of almost 60 years old, a school teacher, who threw her arm up to try to ward off the sexual assault. And she was arrested for that, and they turned her life upside down. There was another Japanese woman who fought back when they tried to uh, grope her, and she was arrested, and they turned her life upside down. So this is a running theme with all of government. We can do whatever we please to you, but if you fight back, if you try to run away 
we will make your life miserable. We will ultimately kill you. Now, here's what's interesting. They want you to believe that standing by and watching your children, your spouse, your whatever, get groped by the TSA, trading your liberty for security, is the patriotic thing to do, by golly. Yes, yes. I have seen numerous statements from the TSA to that effect. Um, Sam, this is, is just demonic. And the fact that anyone who stands up against it but still flies is going to pay for standing up against it. I mean, that I don't fly, so I'm free to speak out against them. And I feel very sorry for anyone who does speak out against them and continues to fly because they will take their revenge. So this is so anti-American, so anti-constitutional. It astounds me there isn't rioting in the streets over the TSA. Here's the problem. They have now deceived the American people so greatly that, for example, one lady, she was like 50 years old or something like that. She went to the U.S. Capitol. She wanted to peacefully uh, you know, let her representatives know that she wanted them to look into vote fraud because she believed that vote fraud was real. And so she found herself in the Capitol and she walked around and took a couple of photos and then left. Well, they literally hunted her down and arrested her and they charged her with, I think, trespassing or... Um, maybe it was, um, I don't know, reckless behavior, whatever weird term, a misdemeanor. Uh, and, and then they literally had her then plead guilty. Then they didn't give her jail time, and they and they pitched this. This was the first really um, prosecution that they had. And they had the lady going, I'm so sorry. I may not have broken any real laws, but I might have influenced those who went further and did break laws. And I'm so sorry for my... Uh, escalating this and leading them to, well, if I had not done that, then they might not have went violent and went crazy. We might not have had the insurrection if I didn't kind of lead people to the trough and it got kind of crazy and she literally fell on her sword and, in my humble opinion, betrayed everything we hold dear on this altar of this false uh, criminal activity, false forgiveness uh, idea. I mean, it, it's just a disgrace. Well, you take that story to highlight what's happening is Everybody capitulates. Now you got a, a lady by the name of Rachel Nichols. And she issues an apology to ESPN. She's so sorry for what she said about Maria Taylor. Now, this article is interesting indeed. Do you know who these people are at all? No, I, I'm not familiar with them. All right, let me give you the details because this is really worth discussing. Not that we really care so much about the details, but here's the deal. Rachel Nichols, I understand, is white. And Maria Taylor is black. And so what happened is they're both like these TV reporters reporting on sports stuff. Now, why these chicks are hanging around the men and in the, <laughs> in the locker rooms and all these crazy places and reporting on all men's sports and everything else, I don't know. But here's what happened. I guess Rachel thought she was in a private conversation. And it turns out that I guess Rachel got passed up for a promotion that Maria got. And so she kind of said, you know, hey, I, um, I'm really happy for Maria, uh, but I'm kind of sad that I was passed up for this promotion. I wonder if she got the promotion because she was black. And so literally then this private conversation got recorded, promoted, and then she got attacked and eventually, well, sidelined from the sidelines is I guess how you describe it because she was a sidelines reporter for the NBA. 
And now she's been sidelined completely and taken off that because how dare her say this about a colleague? Well, it was a private conversation, and now if a black person would have said that about a white person saying, I wonder if she got the job because she was white, that would have been legitimate. After all, critical race theory demands that kind of behavior. But if the opposite is true. So what Rachel Nichols said was, you know what, I, I'm happy for her. I just hope it didn't come at my expense. Well, she literally got jettisoned and kicked off for this private conversation that went, uh, got recorded and went public, if you will. Uh, that's as best as I understand the story. Now, I'm not really interested in the, the sports aspect of this, except for I don't know why all these females are in male sports in the first place. Uh, that's another question to be asked. Um, people would say I'm just an insensitive, racial, uh, bigoted male, uh, whatever, alpha male, you know, kind of idea. So they're going to attack me for it, but I don't care. All I'm telling you is I don't understand this whole discussion. A private discussion literally gets public and goes viral. She literally gets kicked off. And then here's the problem. It's bad enough this all happened. Because if you're a white person, how dare you say a black person got the job? What are you thinking, racist? Uh, but what a private conversation going viral, then all this happening, and then the worst of it isn't so much that this all happened to her. She should be standing up bold going, look, I have every right to question the black-white issue. If the tables were turned, they'd be questioning that for sure. Plus, I have every right to think a private conversation would be private. Furthermore, I expressed in my comments that I was happy for her. I just hoped it didn't come at my expense. I think all reasonable statements, but here's the headline. Rachel Nichols issues an apology. ESPN reporter is deeply sorry for what she said about Maria Taylor. She's so sorry she's just falling on her sword. And this literal debasing one's self over this racial issue or over some of these other issues is insanity, Becky. <laughs> well, Sam, to expect anyone in the corporate media to have principle and to stand up, you know, they're all hypocrites to start with. Um, Marxists, that's part of being a Marxist is you're a hypocrite. Um, are these sports reporters uh, um, uh, Marxists? Do, how do I know that? Well, because you don't get to be fairly high up in any broadcast or communications medium nowadays unless you espouse Marxism. So the fact that these women are willing to go along with that, the fact that they are uh, featured on national broadcast tells me all I need to know about them. They have no principles. They'll do anything to get ahead. So I'm, I'm not one bit surprised, and I'm also not sorry for her. She has subscribed to a system that wound up eating her. That's another thing about Marxists, ladies and gentlemen. They eat their own, and it's always entertaining to watch. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, 
and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to PreserveTheNation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Just a quick FYI, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson, who's a co-host on this program uh, on Fridays, basically emailed in and said, or texted me and said, hey, you know what? Flag worship is idolatry. Amen to that reality check. He's spot on on that. We need to be very careful. When are we celebrating the symbols versus when have we gone too far and it's uh, idol worship? Uh, very fair, honest, open question that needs to be considered and asked as well. So listen to this, though. This battle between these two ESPN female sports commentators and hosts, etc. Rachel Nichols co-hosts The Jump, and she deeply, she's so deeply sorry about all this. Now, here's what's interesting. So she basically said about Maria Taylor, hey, I know she got the promotion or she's going to get this promotion or whatever, and I wonder if she got it because she's black. It's a fair open question to ask these days. If the tables were turned and Maria had asked if Rachel got it because she was white, they would be no problem at all with that question. In fact, it would be, you know, but now ESPN employees, they say, have also been reportedly choosing sides between these two girls. Former ESPN journalist, in fact, Jason Whitlock, Hints that the Times story is a plant. And the whole scandal is a contract leverage play by Taylor's reps. As their contract is set to expire at the end of this month, might they create a scandal? Uh, As far as I understand, she wanted a certain amount of money. They were planning to pay her a lot less. But now this scandal will virtually ensure that the poor abused black woman by this white, racist, hate-filled Rachel... Uh, then she's sure to get a better contract coming out of the scandal. So very, very interesting. But as you wisely say, the Marxists have their patterns. They eat their own, Becky. Amen to that oh, reality yeah. check. Yeah, and somehow it never discourages um, new Marxists from joining. It's like, do you understand? I mean, w- when the revolution comes, they'll actually line you up against a wall and shoot you in the back of the head until a revolution comes. Uh, this sort of stuff where you're, you've got these uh, women fighting, whether it's real or not, who knows? That's the, the sort of, of um, eating of their own that they do. Now, here's the other interesting thing. Can a white woman in now our black-controlled uh, world 
where we literally use uh, racist agendas to promote blacks to positions of authority and power. We literally use all kinds of tools in the government schools and uh, in the corporate world, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to create this racist agenda. And now she says, I wonder if she got there because she's black. I, I wish her well, and I'm so grateful that she got this position. I just hope it wasn't at my expense. Can you even express that kind of a view privately without being just done? And the answer in modern-day America is, no, you cannot. How dare you? This is how far they've taken the critical race theory these days now. Racist Rachel and poor victim Maria. That's the deal. That's the deal, Becky. And we're all falling for it, falling all over ourselves to embrace it. Uh, I read a story. I don't know why my mind skipped to this story from yours because they don't really have all that much in common. But did you hear about the fellow who has decided that he's actually Korean, even though he's apparently, I forget what ethnicity his family is, whether they're Irish or they're English or Scottish. Uh, But anyway, he's decided he's Korean and he's actually paid money to have himself operated on so that he looks more Korean. And he's now declaring himself to be Korean. And this has the Marxists up in arms. How dare he? How how can he appropriate cultural identity like this? And and he's making a mockery of Koreans and this, that, and the other. And I, I'm just amazed by that because look at men and women who say that they are the opposite sex and they have a little bit of cosmetic surgery. And then because they have declared themselves to be you know, a man has declared himself to be a woman. We're all supposed to respect that and, and agree that he's a woman now. Yet he can't go the further step and say, you know what? I don't want to be English or Irish or Scottish, whatever he was anymore. I'm now Korean. So once again, we see, I guess this is how I made the connection. Once again, we see the utter inconsistency and the utter hypocrisy of Marxism. Yeah, I didn't uh, find that exact story, but I just found one in USA Today, a recent story that highlights this. Here's what it says. Transracial. Florida man born white says he feels like he's Filipino. <laughs> See, same kind of exact discussion here. You're allowed to switch genders. You know, I can feel like I'm a woman today and it's all cool. But how dare I think that I'm Filipino or, or Korean or whatever else? I mean, this is insanity. <laughs> but this is what we can expect from a Marxist world and a Marxist country. How do you biologically, uh, from a male, become a female or vice versa, but yet you can't change your pigmentation in your skin? And you know something else, Sam? Correct me. I, I'm not much of a geneticist, so... Everybody pardon me if I'm wrong factually on this, but your sex is coded into every cell of your body with the XX and XY chromosomes. I don't think race is the same. Uh, In fact, race is a man-made construct. So I don't think if, if you compared white DNA and black DNA, I don't believe there's any difference between them. So... In that sense, if the guy has gone ahead and uh, made himself surgically Filipino, I think he has a bigger leg to stand on than men claiming to be women and vice versa. It's hard to even fathom the discussions we're having 
these days, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's hard to even comprehend and intelligently discuss this psychosis. For example, the male and female one is codified in Scripture by God Almighty. Male and female created he, them kind of a thing. And so that one's specifically highlighted as unchangeable, unassignable, or assigned by God, eternally speaking, not by man kind of a thing. I mean, it's baffling that we even discuss this in intelligent circles, Becky. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, people now seem to have the idea that if you can do it, you should do it. And there, the idea that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should has been totally lost. So um, but my hope through all of this, Sam, is always the same. Marxism is such a ludicrous, totally nonsensical philosophy um, that I always hope they will go as far as they possibly can with it so that more and more Americans will wake up. And that's happening. You know, look at how spreading critical race theory in schools, look at how many parents that has aroused. Um, I, and I cheer when I figure that many of these parents, because of the pandemic, because of their kids being kept at home, were able to see what is going on on the, the Zoom classroom and stuff. And I just think that is such a, an irony that the Marxists planned this whole thing. They're using it to implement Marxism, but it's biting them in the in the butt, okay? They, they are finding out. They are being revealed to their victims, and the victims now are saying, you know what? I disagree. My kid is not going to be indoctrinated in your hellish philosophy. I am standing up against this. So I, I hear that, and I urge more and more Americans, we are at a crossroads. If you don't stand up now, even if you disagree, even if you are a semi-Marxist, you need to stand up. You need to realize Marxism kills. It kills on a vast scale. All you have to do is look at China or Cuba or Venezuela or Russia. I read an estimate the other day that China had killed something like 50 million of its own people in Mao's Great Leap Forward. This is a trait of Marxism. They kill people. So even if you are thinking, well, you know, I believe all races are equal, and I believe this, and I believe that. Even if you semi-agree with Marxism, you need to understand you will be lined up against that wall and shot along with people like me, okay? They do not make a distinction. Marxists go in and kill and kill and kill. So for your own preservation, stand up against it. Defeat this evil. You want to move to a commune and have your own little Marxist paradise inside a free United States? Be my guest. Don't have anything against you? Go right ahead. But don't impose this system on innocent people and don't champion it and don't encourage it because you're going to wind up dead. But it's okay, Becky, because there's great news. Ready? Fox wants to do for TV weather what it did for cable news yep they're (laughs) launching a weather channel over there at fox as they take advantage of the global warming fiasco the dishonest climate change discussion fox wants to jump in front of that train there and lead it and make big money so they're going to create the fox weather channel and it's going to be mainstream for you to watch 24 7 and keep an eye on how global warming is just destroying everybody and everything in its path and how you're the cause 
And that's the narrative they'll pitch and push, but they'll say, we report, you decide. Of course, along the way, and, and Rupert Murdoch's at it, and they're getting on it. They're going to get it done. What's fascinating to me is they want to predict all the weather change and everything else with these big computer models. And then they tell me it's going to rain today, and it doesn't. They tell me tomorrow it's not going to rain, and it does. Literally same-day forecast, hour by hour, and not even correct. But yet we suppose wrongly that they can project their wrong forecasts into the future. I mean, it is insane to even believe or understand. They can't give you more than a 10-day weather report because they say they're not really sure. But even their 10-day forecast, even their same-day forecasts aren't accurate, but yet they can predict to a T exactly what's been going on globally forever right on into the future to make sure that you know you're the enemy of the earth. And that's the narrative Fox wants to get at the front of, Becky. Well, Sam... Everything you just said does not convince me to go out and buy a television and start watching it. I think I'll just stick with my no TV stance. Anyway, it's just amazing. And so people are just cheering about this, going, this is going to be great. We're going to have accurate weather, and we're going to know what's going on in the world. And I just think, are you kidding me? They literally, hour by hour, say, you know, hey, we got a 60% chance of rain by four. Well, what does that even mean? Well, six out of ten odds are that it's going to rain by four, and then it doesn't. And then you go, were we in the odds of the four, not the six? Is this just kind of a gambling game? Is this just a a guesswork, like someone trying to guess your Zodiac sign or what? I mean, it's insanity. But yet we act like it's really, hey, it's a a heads-up reality system. Here's what it's going to be. But then we trust them for the future of the world that, hey, the ice is melting. And I mean, they said by, what, 2012 would all be dead from global warming and everything else if we didn't do something and now it's 2021 and they're just ramping up the control over the people how dumb are we well (laughs) i have to say sam that i'm not real impressed with the intellect of anyone who watches much television so i i saw all during the pandemic i could correlate how scared the person was with how much tv he watched all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen wow just thought would bring all those headlines to your attention. Defending the sacred cause of liberty is who we are and what we do 24-7. We're on the radio 24-6, though, telling the tale of freedom on the Sabbath. We rest, as the good Lord asks us to do. Becky Akers, ladies and gentlemen, author of Hailstorm and Abducting Arnold. Ask for them by name. Look on the Internet. You'll find incredible novels. Becky, thank you once again. Thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure and a privilege. There she goes, doing a phenomenal job. And for Sam and Becky, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will preserve our liberty. Why? Because we're on God's side and he wins. God save the Republic of the United States of America.